Where are you at? You're in Florida? Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Nice. How do you like that? I love it, man. I want to move here. No, it sucks. The club it's is great. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. I lived there. Uh, I lived there for like two years. Why? It's a great question. I got a job and I just went okay. and I was like, Florida's cool. It was right out of college. Mm -hmm. And uh, Florida's not cool, obviously. It's the worst. Florida so. is just like, you know, I don't know why it doesn't just separate already and become like that third wheel friend that shows up to the bar late, wasn't invited, knew you were going to be there, though, because, you know, alcoholics just have like a crafty memory. And that's what Florida sure. is. It shows up to the bar unannounced to cock block you on like a fourth date and challenge the girl you're with to like a foosball tournament. And there's no foosball table there. So he's like, let's go back to my place. He just convinces her enough because he's just aggressive and charming enough to get her to be like, let's fucking go. This guy sucks. She's like, if I win, will you never talk to Brian again? And he's like, yeah. And then he loses, but doesn't want to accept it. Throws a big fit. Challenges doesn't you to ping pong afterwards. Wants to challenge you to ping pong, says double or nothing. The whole I, other thing. He's got titles and trophies to ping pong in his yes. room. And he's like, this was all a hustle. And you're so confused where it's going. Yes. Yeah. And the guy gets into a fight with the girl and they don't actually end up proceeding with their relationship. But the guy stays friends with the guy somehow because he's known him for a long time and realizes bros over hoes is a real thing. That's of course, they go to is. Gators games together. They go to Gators games together. And they do the chomp. They're painting their chests. Let me tell you. These were pretty much the first words I ever really spoke to Adam Ray, and I couldn't have been happier with how it got going. He has a rhythm and an energy that's just unmatched, and as soon as he hopped on the pod, you could feel it, and I just want to let him rip. We probably could have kept that going for the entire episode, but we did get to some cool stuff eventually. I had to start there for you. Too hilarious. I'm your host, Mike Zago. Welcome back to The Link, blah, blah, blah. Episode 33. 33. Patrick Ewing. Great number. Great player. One of my favorite players ever. Lone bright spot for the Knicks. And actually, we did talk a little bit about sports later in this episode, but mostly comedy, acting, silliness. Adam Ray is fucking hilarious. I was so happy to get him to come on the pod. He makes me laugh harder than maybe any comedian alive right now, to the point where I'm just crying laughing. His stand-up is excellent. He posts a lot of stuff on Instagram, clips and all that kind of stuff, YouTube. He does a lot of crowd work with people, but in positive ways. He always makes it like a party and a fun time. Even if he's shitting on you, it's hilarious. His Instagram is a really good follow, at Adam Ray Comedy. He's been in a ton of really cool things. Some we got to, some we didn't. Hacks on HBO Max he was in recently. Young Rock with The Rock. You know how much I love him. Talk about him enough on the pod. He plays Vince McMahon in that, which is amazing. The About Last Night podcast is one of my favorite ones. I'm always up to date on it. He rocks, dude. He cracks me up. We got into a bunch of stuff, a lot of silliness. I'll plug more of his stuff at the end, so wait for that. Comedy rocks, dude. It's just so good to laugh. Half the time during this, I was just sitting back cracking up, honestly. The other half, I was trying to keep up with the funniness and failing, which is even funnier for you to listen to, so let's get into it. Hit the music, let's rock. Pun intended. I don't I not like Florida. It's just, I've had a... Uh, it's easy to know, shit on. It is. They just have, it's like, I just posted this thing about this guy that smuggled 3,000 penises from a, a, a morgue. I saw that. I yeah. Saw that. And uh, Questlove actually tweeted uh, at me. I don't, I don't even know if he follows me, but he uh, maybe he does because he saw it. And he goes, uh, he's a big comedy fan. So maybe he, he just, we've been in some, who knows what. But he was like, this has got to be a Florida guy. And I was like, 1,000%. Has to be. Has to be. Absolutely anyway. has to be. Bugs Bunny needs to saw Florida off. Didn't that happen? I feel like that happened, but we need a real life Bugs Bunny, like Space Jam Bugs Bunny comes to life 
gets a saw and everyone's like, this is the first thing you're doing. You're Bugs Bunny and you're a human being. He's like, That's no, I, this so is what funny. I'm here for. Yeah, Bugs, I feel like, is the one guy that would go all the way underground, pop up and be like, and look around and be like, you know, and start his what's up, doc, but then realize <laughs> he was in Palm Beach and go, and eh, what's up? Yeah, fuck this. And then go back in <laughs> yep. and, and head yep. back towards Los Angeles. <laughs> you couldn't be more right. I was I was tempted to make a, uh, you do want to start the podcast now, Joe, because I just heard your episode with Taylor Tomlinson. I think that was the one where you were like doing a podcast and then halfway through, the guy was like, oh, Dude, you want to please get tell, Please tell me you've been recording. I have, of course. And not that any of this is like gold, but. Oh, I know, of course. I just That's think, the whole point. Yeah. I just think that, yeah, dude, you are better served if you just, you just don't know, man. And it's it's better to assume that the person is, you know, trying to, I mean, not everybody likes to just go. I feel like once we're going, we're going. You have uh, to, because if you're not recording 10 times out of 10, there's a moment when you're not recording that you're like, I wish I was recording. Yeah, you also want to capture the audience, I think, really digs that spontaneity and the initial getting settled in like they like it's a little bit of a curtain pullback. So if you can't, you know, give them that, then what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) You're not wrong, dude. I want to talk about so many things. Okay, about last night. I've got a heart out at 412. So and for the listeners, (laughs) it's 410. So let's uh, pick your top two questions. No, (laughs) about last night, you were on an episode of Curb. Rick and Morty, but I like to start these with like the peak of someone's career. So tell me about, according to Jim, season premiere, I think season six, roughly 2007. Great, great call. Great start. (laughs) Uh, Had to, had to know. Hey man, you know, (laughs) it was on my vision board to act with Jim Belushi. Of course. After I saw Curly Sue, great movie. I thought that episode well, that experience was going to be a game changer. It was one of the best experiences for many reasons. It was my first TV job. Was uh, it really? Well, no, it was my third TV job, but it was my first network TV job that was substantial. I, I played a Tom Cruise impersonator on Human Giant, which was a sketch show that Paul Shear and Aziz Ansari and Rob Hubel had on MTV nice. in the uh, mid-2000s. And then I did a little, Paul Shear had a show on Adult Swim called NHFSTU unit. Some, it was some sort of spoof crime show. Mm-hmm. I had a couple uh, scenes on that. But this was like, you know, Network, a show that was in its sixth or seventh season. It was very something popular. That, something that I could really, you know, that let people back home go like, okay, okay. You can start sending your IMDB page to people. There you go. Yeah, it was definitely something I walked up to stage when people were like, what do you want me to say? It was a credit for sure. But it was also <laughs> three scenes. It was a cool part. It was also cool because I had auditioned quite a bit at this point, I'd say for a good year, year and a half, uh, two years actually coming out of school, that was 2007. It was right when I was actually probably three months prior to uh, a relationship I'd been in for about three and a half years coming to an end and really starting when that relationship ended, unfortunately, it was also like a kick in the pants as far as like, and here we go for the career because now you have not nothing to hold you back, but no commitments other than to yourself and what you're trying to Now you to really have achieve. to go. It's like bungee jumping and you're off the platform. Totally. You need that. And not that that relationship was holding me back, but it, you know, I, I would definitely pick things for her or, you know, even like going to see her family for something or whatnot over, you know, whether you had something planned or not, you're crossing off a weekend or time that you could be putting towards a career. And I even yeah. would try to do that when I'd be up in um, San Francisco with her family to to still be active, but it's just not the same. But that job was a cool, you know, live on set for a live audience thing. I've been doing stand up for about a year. So I felt 
excited for that. It was also just like a, a kickstart as far as like, I think I'm on the right path. And then it was also was a great learning lesson in, you know, I don't think I booked anything substantial. I'm possibly not in, which was the heat, which was next. And that was 2013. So a good six years later and a lot of auditioning after that. I'd been with an agency that was just dog shit and not really getting me. Was uh, there a lot of auditioning before that? There had to, isn't that the game? Yeah, but I was two years out of college and, you know, you're trying to build something out of nothing. You're trying to get representation. I didn't get anything coming out of sure. our uh, our showcase at USC, which a couple of my buddies did and start booking stuff right away. And, you know, that's tough to see as, as pumped as you are for them because you just you want to start working. You're out of college. You want to start getting into it and you want to you're like now I'm thrown into the wild and I want to. Now I'm in Hollywood. Now I'm in the business. You know, if, Can I talk about college, how I, I <laughs> this is a huge credit to you. You mm -hmm. turned that into <laughs> your real start. I don't know how you just did that. You Jedi mind tricked me into thinking, was that actually a good question? Oh, you <laughs> were joking, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Well, not really. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, here's- It wasn't here's... really a joke because it's cool. But when I scroll down to according to Jim, I'm like, oh, he'll laugh at this. And then Hilarious. we're both confused. <laughs> I also joke a lot about that experience because- I've heard you do it. That's why yeah. I did it. Okay, I know. I appreciate that. My buddy, Sandy Danto, who's uh, one of my best buds and hilarious and opens for me a lot, who's with me right now. Sandy Danto, you say? We got to get him on the pod. You know, that gets me thinking, actually, yeah, let's save it for later. So sorry to interrupt. His friend, Mamet in Detroit, who, hilarious name, hilarious voice, called Sandy after I got that and was like, bro, Adam's are recording to Jim, bro. That's fucking big time, bro. Jim Belushi's nothing to sleep on, bro. It is big time, Arguably bro. the better Belushi. He's like, no, he's not. He's like, but he's also very famous, bro. And so uh, that experience also, because I went stale after that for a minute and was auditioning a lot, gave me a quick learning lesson in, wow, there's nothing guaranteed. You have to manage your expectations. Every opportunity, you know, for sure, it opened some doors to get into some other rooms, but it didn't by any means just mean, oh, you get one thing and now people see you. Like, I wasn't going to get discovered off that episode. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. look, it's also but it's a credit that you can put into the next thing. It helps for your uh, agent, whoever to use to maybe, but also not really. It's not like they could call CSI and be like, he was just on according to Jim, <laughs> you know, like they give yeah. a fuck, but it's a confidence builder for the people that are trying to get you more. No, uh, it's cool. I didn't mean obviously. to derail that story. It's cool that it means something to you. Yeah. And it means something to everyone because it's a recognizable show one way or another. It sure. just stood out as the one where I'm scrolling through and I'm like, well, this is the one I got to hit on up. Yeah, well, that's what kickstarted. But, you know, and I've been you know fortunate to have a nice flurry since then. And this year, actually, if you really want to talk about it, has been probably the best year acting wise. Do, I do, um, because I probably started following you closely in the beginning of the pandemic. I probably, I don't know how, but I might've saw clips on Instagram or whatever it was. Yeah. And then uh, I noticed like over that past year, you've been getting crazy roles in a lot of different things. And I'm like, am I just noticing this now? Or is he really hitting hard now? Do you feel that yourself? Yeah. Every year I try to, and again, it's, it's tough. And I was, I think just talking about this with Taylor Tomlinson actually about setting goals. And I've never been a big advocate or uh, just subscriber to that because there is so much uncertainty in this business that, mm. yeah, there's things you can want and go after and try to create your own good luck, as my grandpa used to say, and that part and controlling what you can control. But as far as like, even with creating your own opportunities, there's uncertainty. There's things that need to fall in line. You know, what Andrew Schultz has been able to do is, is pretty remarkable, but yeah. he still had to have, you know, have this following jump on board. But, you know, you put in the work, you're a good dude, you're funny, the the cream rises to the top. But um, yeah, I just try to get better every year. 
on all fronts, you know. Did and, it always and, feel that way that the cream would rise to the top, or were there points where you're like, "This is fucking impossible," and I oh, don't yeah. care how good I am, it's not going to happen, dude. Like, one thousand percent. Selfishly, doing a year. podcast where I don't have a following before doing the podcast, it feels that way. There are days where it's like, I think this is pretty good, and then there are other days where it's like, no one cares or is going to care. Yeah. And uh, I assume everyone feels that way at every stage of every career. They do. But I don't know if that's true. You have to, at some point, though, look at what you're doing and go, I can't just be doing the same shit over and over again if there isn't any movement. So acting wise, it was like, all right, you know, at one point I was like, all right, I got to try to get in, in better shape. I know I just I mean, look at myself and be like, I'm losing out on some of these jobs and I know my additions are good. But, you know, some of these parts I'm going in for, I see who's getting them and I can see physically there's some differences. So I need to be more on point with that. I need to put a little bit more time into prepping for some of these, I think. You just, you know, giving yourself those mere face-to-face check-ins from time to time and ask yourself, am I pushing myself? Am I doing enough? Am I looking at the people around me that are having success? What are they doing? In acting class, most good acting classes will not shy away from that. Everybody takes from everybody. And it's just also a part of the arts. It's like Chappelle was a fan of Cosby and Pryor and Eddie Murphy. And it's like everybody's influenced, affected. Same thing in comedy and acting in sports. Kobe off of MJ. You know, I feel like, you know, Steve Carell is a guy that comedy wise, Jim Carrey, Sandler, that I really have been influenced by. Greg Giraldo with stand up. And then you just have to, again, control what you can control. And there is so much that's um, you have no control over. So you have to do the part that you can stay on top of. And then, you know, be active about putting yourself in situations for some of those seeds that you've hopefully planted over the years to grow. And, and it is a numbers game. And it's time is your best friend. It's like you doing this podcast, being consistent is huge for all parts of the business especially the pod. And yeah, at some point you go, all right, well, cool. If it's not, what am I doing? How can I take it up a notch? Can I improve? You said it's only audio. Maybe jumping to the video component is like a necessary move. Maybe that's how you kind of move the needle a little bit more. By the way, I do hear what Adam is saying, and I do want to add video to the podcast, but here's the deal, and I'm curious how you guys feel about this. I like to do a lot of silly edits and voiceover stuff, and I'm afraid that if I do video, A, it's a big time sink in terms of editing video, and I want to be able to do silly things and play with the edits, and that's what's fun about the podcast. And B, I don't know if I'll still be able to do all of that stuff if it's not audio only, and some people like to listen while they're doing other things and don't want to watch on YouTube, not that the audio only would ever go away, but there's a lot to think about with equipment and all that kind of jazz if you would like video to be there definitely let me know i want to be pushed into that arena and i also don't know if i do video if i want it to be this podcast or maybe leave this podcast as is and start a new project with video and do something with that i don't know i'm thinking about a lot of stuff i'd love some feedback hit me up at the link underscore podcast blah 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 too much meta world peace talk all right back to it but for acting wise this year you know, I definitely tried to lock in more on putting more focus into that and um, going back to Australia to do season two of Young Rock to play Vince McMahon. But I've booked maybe five other uh, really cool jobs. Well, Hacks on HBO Max was one. but then Yeah, I mentioned three- it. That was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. And then three other shows that are coming out. I have mentioned The Rock literally for probably a 10 minute segment in the last three of my episodes for no reason. It just keeps happening and we're wow. going to do it again. So this couldn't be more perfect transition. So if wow. The Rock is listening, which he is, come on, man. You could be the What fifth. have you mentioned about him? What, what, do you, what do you use? I to, did a uh, Disney Pixar bracket and we tried to pick the best Disney movie. And I love Moana. So I was talking a lot about him in that. Great movie. Incredible. That movie is also, <laughs> it gives you yet another thing to be jealous 
of the rock for when he sings. Cause I'm like, Incredible. all right, you got the, the action star down. You got the TV starring producing, you got wrestling, you've got your tequila, you've got your energy drink, you've got your workout brand. And then you're like, Oh, and you can sing in one of the best animated films ever. I mean, dude, Incredible. there's uh there's nothing he can't do, which is why, uh, which is why I think people dug the show. Of course, story. It's easily digestible, man. The family elements there. It's fun. It's shot beautifully. And this next, and season, he's such I'm, a family guy too that it's totally. like that. It fits the whole narrative. Just fits together. Well, he also doesn't fuck around and not be heavily involved in all of his projects. Like, obviously, this is about his life, so he's got a a, a pretty big hand in it. But you know, he and I are going to chat in the next couple of weeks about just Vince in season two because it's it's huge, so awesome, hugely wrestling based. This next season, not only is it awesome that Adam is on this show with The Rock. It's a good show. Check it out. Coming back for season two, but teaser for next week. We're diving further into wrestling. If you follow that whole world. There's a big WWE versus AEW movement happening. And John Silver is someone I know that's killing it in AEW. And he's coming on the pod. But more on that next week. Let's get back to this. So Yeah, I saw you post on Instagram with him. When The Rock shows up in a thing, it's a different level of notoriety than probably anyone on the planet. I feel like he just has this energy he brings into even a video that you're like, what the fuck, The Rock is there? And- Oh, my mom finally showed me love and compassion when she saw that. She was like, well, now <laughs> you know, according to Jim, didn't mean fucking shit. See? But if The Rock's in your IG video, then yeah, I'll, you know, you can stay here next time you come home. This is why I'm trying to mention The Rock in every episode so that when I eventually get him on the podcast, I get that moment. Keep putting it out there, dude. It's definitely going to happen, but keep saying it. It's going to happen. Because you never know. Yeah, dude, I firmly believe that. Sorry, Adam got really excited about how close I am to getting The Rock on the podcast, and I get it. He's worked with him. He's excited for me. I understand. Anything's possible, man. Anything could happen. Guess what? You could post his clip. He could see it. You know, he could follow you. The way I he could followed go me to YouTube very and dang. clip together voices of him from different movies talking to me, and I've already done it, and it's in one of the previous episodes. So he was basically Have on. you really yes. done that? Of course I didn't do that. He was on. Right, guys? You remember? He was on. But I did it for like 30 seconds because it was a lot more work than I anticipated, but it You're was pretty dumb. good. That's amazing and sad at the same time. But uh, I, do wanna, yeah. I do want to hear the conversation. What did you have him say? We have a clip. You ready for this? Abracadabra, Alakazam, Hocus Pocus, Emerald says, BAM! Oh, no, no, not the time warp thing again. Uh, no, no, Dwayne, relax. Oh, Dwayne! Chill out, man. It's me, relax. Ow, dude, the table every time. Get down, now. Why would I want to get down? You're trying to kill me. Well, because Medicare doesn't cover old ladies falling off a giant beast. Get down. Dwayne, I told you when we were recording the podcast, which is supposed to be a secret, it was going to be episode one of season two of The Link, to stop calling yourself a giant beast. It's embarrassing for both of us. And I'm not an old lady. Come on, man. Fine. Fine. I'm going to listen to this one time, then that's it. That's all I ever wanted. But I know I brought you here and all. I kind of need you to leave so I can finish the podcast. We were just getting into some good stuff. It's been great having you, by the way. I, I knew your cooking would smell delicious. That's right. I'm sorry for dabbling in magic again. Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. Wow. So, hard work pays off, they could say, you know. Episode 31, by the way, with Frank DeVille, amazing street magician that I saw in Santa Monica, and I had to have him on the pod. I love that, that you know a magician now. That's pretty cool. I feel like everyone <laughs> should have one magician on standby in their life, you know? Just in Whether case. Whether it's for, like, a, a party, a quick party favor that needs a, an energy boost or... Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot about the magic world that we all don't know. We look at like David Copperfield as the goat. He's the goat if you're talking about a creepy guy with daddy issues, you know? 
I've seen that guy show a lot. It's weird. It doesn't change. It's you got to mix weird. it up, dude. 50 straight years at the MGM with the same weird puppet and floating car and disappearing rows. I saw it twice. was stoned both times. Did I clap and freak out both times? Yeah, because it's still magic. But I don't know, man. Push the envelope. We're all coming, you know, spending 60 bucks a ticket. I don't know. I would like to see him be like, someone raised their hand who's, you know, who had sex in the last 48 hours. They raised their hand and he's like, hold a fist, open that fist. And then like a used condom falls out of their hand, you know? Incredible. That's there would still saying. be the exact same amount of wonderment, but he's bringing some personality to the table. Thank you. You get it, dude. This is why I do we're get here, it. Mike. Mike, how do you pronounce your last name? Let me, let me take a stab before you tell me. Please, stab. I have two options. Zago. Oh, wow. <laughs> the S is silent, isn't it? That was the best any human being has ever pronounced my name, including my parents. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just, Zago. Yeah, that never happens to me. Now, that has you, never it, happened to me. This is the, the first S podcast first, life first. You guys are witnessing something real. Well, special. great learning lesson because you you were definitely throwing a lot of there was no, vibes. There was no faith there. Oh. The S I feel like gets a little love. Is it Zago like that? No, you nailed it the first time. Zago. Zago. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me, board. dude. And how do you pronounce? Um, it's Ray, dude. Let's skip over this bit, dude. Got no it. one's going to. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you edit, man. Uh, <laughs> Don't edit it's that It's funnier out. to leave it in. No, no. Keep it in. Leave, That's gold. Fans will love that. Listen, I know it's tough. Summertime has come and gone. It's the fall now, which is pretty cool still. But just because it's not summer anymore, don't you dare let anyone tell you that you can't wear sunglasses anymore. Sunglasses are for all year round. Get that straight. And where do you get stylish sunglasses at a really good price? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Ambassador. AmbassadorSun.com. Check it out. They have a lot of cool pairs for men and women and everything in between or on either side. Very stylish. Worried about price? I gotcha. Fill up your cart, enter promo code THELINK, T-H-E-L-I-N-K. Before you check out, you'll get a whopping 50% off. Ridiculous. Not going to get it anywhere else. Do it. Get yourself some shades. Look good. Squeeze in some time before the winter hits. We don't want to get there. We're not rushing it. Just do it now so you're ready. AmbassadorSun.com. Wait, so back to Young Rock. You're going back for season two. Are you a Go wrestling back. fan? Oh, yeah, for sure. Growing up, you could not be. It's just, a, you know, because I feel like to not enjoy Hulk Hogan as a kid is uh, I don't get that if you didn't at least appreciate, even if you didn't care to go see him live. And also, I dug, I don't think I yet knew that acting was going to be, uh, you know, the path, but definitely seeing that on TV and commercials, I was like enamored by the personality and the performing aspect of it, which I didn't truly understand in wrestling. I think Hogan actually wakes up from a nap with his arms. He's hooking up. Oh, 1,000%. I think he sleeps in the uh, the unitard too. Do you call it a unitard? What do you call it? Tank top? What do you call What, what about the call? boots? The wrestling suit? The boots, he probably, that's probably like just for, for game I time. I imagine most times it's on, but only right before he goes to bed, they come off. That's a guy that truly parlayed his... I mean, not like The Rock did, and that just goes to show you, man, again, like, you can only do so much, but The Rock took things up a notch into a movie career, and Hulk did a sex tape and had a reality show with his daughters, you know? Well, also, I assume you take inspiration from this. I do. Thunderlips, Rocky Three, incredible performance. Oh, yeah, really good, actually. Yeah. Also, Suburban Commando. Don't sleep on that movie. Wow, okay. In which, I don't know, let me look up the premise of that real quick. I sure. forget, it's something about him being... Oh, Chevy Suburban comes up, Suburban Hospital. That's probably it. 
No, here we go. Suburban Commando, 1991. I was uh, nine years old. Okay, the story of Suburban, Larry Miller's in it, Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown's in it. What? Yeah, dude, Shelly Duvall. Oh, All right, so. Transition to Rick and Morty, but we'll get there. Problems with his rocket compel space-traveling vigilante Shep Ramsey, Hulk Hogan, to spend some time on Earth, plunking himself down in the middle of suburbia. He rents a room for Charlie, played by Christopher Lloyd, and Jenny mm -hmm. Wilcox, Shelley Duvall. Wow. Shep attempts to acclimate himself. He skateboards, he accosts a mall carrier, but he's destined to be a fish out of water. We love these stories. But when his outer space enemies arrive and pick a fight with his new friends, Shep is ready to prove his mettle. You can't script a better movie for a guy who's looking to take things up a notch. That's Let a me great tell you, that movie sounds almost exactly like in my last podcast episode, my friend TJ and I decided to do a bit where we went back and forth just saying one line and trying to put a movie trailer together. And it came out as Bear Wars 4 starring Julie Roberts. Nice. And uh, the plot is really very similar. And I'm really intrigued to go back and compare the two films now. Should we go to a clip? Let's go to a clip. Phyllis Summers was just a young woman living in LA. She wanted to know whether love could conquer fear. But this fall she'll learn there are some things more scarier than fear. When summers become winters, Phyllis will come face to face with her most perilous question. Should she stay, or should she go now? On Halloween day, the space bears come to Earth with Julia Roberts as Phyllis Summers and River Phoenix Ghost as space bear captain Rogers Hornsby. Directed by Dom DeLuise, <laughs> this fall, evil comes home. Featuring Gary Oldman as the duck on the pond. Paramount Pictures presents Dom DeLuise's Bear Wars 4, Homecoming. Coming soon to a theater near you. Look on social media, bring your my friends and your mom, and they'll uh, see you there. Mom in the cave! There's not enough time in the world, unfortunately, to absorb everything out there that's ever been made. But as I get older, I definitely, you know, I'm not good also at make as much as the it's my business to, and I had an acting teacher once that was like, you got to watch everything that you're going out for, to know the tone of these shows, to see the type of, you know, work it's impossible, that people do. Especially and, and if you're auditioning a lot. Dude, I just was on the Adam Carolla show and he was telling me about a show with, um, uh, fuck, I think it was called uh, Gen Gentle, Gentle Ben. And I think it's okay. uh, Ron Howard's son is in it. Some famous yeah. actors in it, but it's about a bear and a kid that befriends the bear and his dad and they're like on a swamp in Louisiana. And it's like a mini series, but it's like the bear talks, I think, Mr. Ed style. And I was like, dude. Wow. I want to eat all the pot and watch that. Part of me at all times thinks Adam is doing a bit. This was no bit. I didn't know about Gentle Ben either. But in 1965, there was a children's novel named Gentle Ben, exactly what he's describing, the bear talks, yada yada. 1967, there was a film, Gentle Giant, based on Gentle Ben. 1960s later, a TV series, Gentle Ben, with Rance Howard. Notable guest stars include Burt Reynolds, Jay Silverheels, he must wear awesome shoes. Struther Martin, Slim Pickens. These are fake. Come on. Can't be real names. Anyway, 1981, animated Gentle Ben. 2000s, Dean Cain stars in the Gentle Ben remake, Superman himself. Unbelievable. On we go. Fantastic Mr. Ed reference, by the way. I never knew that existed, you know? Of course. That's probably how people view most of my comedy.
if you're not coming to uh, the shows a little bit high, you're missing out. I, I did have a guy on Mushrooms uh, on a show a few weeks ago, and uh, I found out towards the end. We were talking about pot, and I said, uh, I go, bro, you you got to be you know, pretty high right now. Like I just, I've been looking into your eyes and getting stoned as I yeah, just yeah. like, you know, see into your pupils. And he was like, he's like, no, I don't smoke anymore. And I was like, why? And he's like, because uh, one night the walls were breathing. I go, that wasn't pot, bro. I've never <laughs> been so high never. that I had to tell the walls to shut the fuck up. And I was like, for, and then he was like, yeah, it was something else too. I was like, there we sure. go. I was like, I like how quickly you got real candid. And he's like, well, I'm on shrooms. I was like, again, dude, you are not, there's no shortage of sincerity coming out of you. And then <laughs> Which you have uh, to appreciate. And then he said the show was awesome though on shrooms. He's like, your energy is good for it, man. He's like, you don't, you're not scaring me. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's good. Wow. He's well, like, it sounds I, like this guy's baseline is on shrooms. So for him to say that your show is good on shrooms means it's just good for him in general. It sounds like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I heard Bill Burr just did shrooms uh, and like came to terms with like a lot of stuff with his dad from the past. This microdosing movement is really seeming like the. Uh, do you do psychedelics? I've done them twice. The last time was 2003, and it was arguably one of the best days of my life. I, I was going through like a breakup from a girl from high school that was uh, in college, and this was my sophomore year, and uh, or going into junior year actually. And and we had just kind of broken up, and that was kind of the the end of it. And I was you know just dealing with the aftermath, and I just was able to have a lot of clarity and. And closure. And then I talked to a couple of bugs. I laughed so hard that I cried for hours with my buddies. One of my buddies was stomping in the creek at one point because we were in the middle of the woods in Will Rogers State Park. We had just wandered to this random area where if you looked around, you're like, oh, we're in the middle of the jungle. There's no way out. And he's stomping in the creek and we all start laughing we're like, Nova, what are you doing? He's like, I'm soaking up as much creek as possible. You never know when it's going to be creek season again. And we all started laughing so fucking hard. And then this couple comes around the corner and I was like the closest to the corner to where they were because that spot we found was truly in the middle of this area, we're probably about a good 20 minute hike back to civilization. So they're coming around the corner and I hear them and we'd all been there by ourselves for a good hour and change. So I hear footsteps. I start freaking out because it's just, you know, new characters. And I look around, I was like, guys, guys, someone's coming. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what do I say? Like, just be cool. Come around the corner. And as soon as they come around the corner, they go, hey. And I go, hey, what's done? Do you guys, yeah, do you guys feel the... And then I just stop and then everyone starts laughing because it was just like a failed attempt at communicating. We all start laughing so hard. Doesn't These stop. two people just stand there staring at us. And then there's a pause and the guy just goes, man, you guys are on some fucked up shit. <laughs> we, that makes us laugh even harder. And then the gal goes, well, if you guys are fucked up, let me tell you, just up the hill, there's a really cool fence that makes us laugh even harder. One of our buddies <laughs> goes, holy just, shit, a fucking just a fence. fence. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, thanks for the tip, lady. And we all start <laughs> laughing. She's like, fuck you. It's a piece of history. That makes us laugh even harder. And then we're just laughing to where <laughs> no one's paying attention. So then they just walk through and she goes, fuck you guys. Enjoy your trip, you fucking losers. And, we, and then we're just oh, wow. laughing because uh, now she's upset that we don't appreciate her fence tip, you know? Cut to three minutes later, you guys are like, we should go see that fence. And then you're just standing in front of it for three hours. It's the most beautiful fence you've ever seen. It's a life-changing experience. Dude, great call, by the way. If we're, <laughs> has to be that. If we're making the movie, that's what happens, yeah. It has to be. The first time I did Mushrooms was at Bonnaroo. And- oh, yeah. And I was going into college, I think. 
And I remember going into the porta potties and there were like a ton of porta potties in a horseshoe shape. So they're all right next to each other. Yes. And I went inside of one and you could hear the doors closing in the other ones. So it was a constant like back and forth slapping, like one of those hand slapping things that kid would have as a toy. If you have any idea what I'm talking about. I do. And I was sure that I was in a spaceship and this porta potty was going to take me a different place. And that when I opened the door, I wasn't sure that the ground would be there anymore. Good so it was you. a little bit of like a, do I step out here moment? And it was good. I think psychedelics are good for people. I feel they like are, everyone they, would benefit from them. Yeah. They should be more encouraged for sure. But, but like uh, once every 10 years. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I think everything in moderation, but it's funny. I look at people. I definitely have had to tone down my pot because of uh, voiceover work. You know, being pretty steady the last few years, I have uh, to protect the moneymaker, man. And it's uh, edibles. Yeah, I just it's not the same, man. I really no. enjoy a good blunt and uh, or joint. Mm. And I just I just love it. And I, I'm not a cigarette smoker, but I I just like the the uh, it's like my buddy who, who smokes cigarettes, who says he's like, it looks cool. It feels cool. And I'm like, I never got that for cigs, but for uh, for it's weed, true. for sure. Do you have any respect for your body? Don't you realize what you're, you're doing to yourself? Hey, you know, I've had it with you guys and your cancer and your emphysema and your heart disease. The bottom line is smoking is cool and you know it. <laughs> Even my doc at his last checkup was like, you got to tone it down, man. He's like, it's it affects, you know, your sperm count. It affects your, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, now you're concerned about my sperm count? Fucking 10 years into this? You know, he's probably right. But I'm just glad that I have control over it because I, you know, I've had a handful of comic friends just go completely sober in the last five, 10 years. So like it's, I, the, it's the movement for comedy. It is, and I get it. And I... I don't know, man. I just, I, I, everyone's got their vices and I don't think you're better or worse from doing it. Look, if you truly, there's people like Mark Maron, who's been very uh, open with his struggles yeah. with it. Yeah. That's a guy that it sounds like for sure needed to just go cold Turkey because it was bad news bears and the people he was around, the things he was doing. I, I don't think it, it makes me better or worse for what I do. You know, it's like, I, I don't do it. I don't get fucked up before I do things creative. It doesn't get in the way of work. It's a social thing. I feel like I've had a lot of great times from it. Yeah, there's been some times when I probably, you know, I remember I my friend's band opened for the Dave Matthews band and, and we got to I go mean, a Dave Matthews band, it's a different story. We got to go kick it with them. Yeah, but I like was a little too drunk and high because I didn't know we were going to have this post-show right. experience. <laughs> yeah. So when I met Dave, like I was not, where I wanted to be as far as like being able to be myself. As that long as you said, don't crash I, and burn too hard, it's more memorable that way though. Totally, totally. That being said, I, I actually, but as a result, like I spent more time with um, this guy, Jeff Coffin, who's a sax player in the band and Rashawn Ross, the trumpet player, and they were a little more on my level. So then I became homies with them and it was like, all right, cool. Like I missed out on talking to a guy I really look up to, but but I got <laughs> to get to know uh, a couple of the, uh, of the other uh, gangsters in the group. So I don't know, man, it's, that's, that's one thing that you truly just like stand up or any part of this biz and podcasting for sure. Would you probably felt it's like, you just got to throw darts, man. And that's why I think so. Yeah. That's why it's such a cool biz because the ups and downs are crazy, but man, on both sides, they can be really rewarding. And then it's just about, you know, taking some of those, those good moments and riding them into the next one and not, not getting too low from the, the times that, that make you question what's happening. To, and back to what you were asking earlier, if I have those times, for sure, man. Even pre-COVID, it was getting to a point where I was, you know, it's like, man, I'm going up in town doing all these great shows and in the uh, the, the flow of the L.A. comedy scene and, and the pods uh, going well and, and VO stuff was starting to pick up. But it's like, you know, 
it wasn't, I, I didn't have everything I wanted. I wanted like, I came out here to act. That was always the thing. It's like, I went to school for yeah. it. And like, that's the thing that I started doing all this other stuff to kind of, you know. But can up. you ever get there? Like to me, you're up here and I'm here. And then on your podcast, I'm sure you, you have huge stars on your podcast and you've had some crazy level people that you probably feel that same way that I do. And then they feel that way for some other thing yeah. they want to do and don't get yeah. to do it. It's like, I don't know if that ever goes away. It it's just it a doesn't. matter of acknowledging it. It doesn't, man. And that's why, you know, it's important. I think at some point, and unfortunately I've had like too many people in the last three years pass from disease or tragedy. And it's sucks that it takes that to give you a, a real sweet dose of perspective and taking a step back to go, man, I got to do more looking in the rearview mirror than looking straight ahead and truly enjoying, which I've, I've never not enjoyed everything I'm doing, but being okay, a little more, not complacent, but just present. Yeah, totally. And, and be okay with not being so fixated on all the shit you don't got, or if this doesn't happen, if this, you know, because you're right, it's like as much as, and my fiance gives me a hard time about this because, and I think it's a blessing and a curse to be hard on yourself and use that fuel that I want more as of fuel course. to the fire, but you gotta also find that balance of being like, I've had the best year acting wise, you know, but then like they were all great guest stars on shows that are going to be really cool when they come out. But then I immediately go, yeah, it's fucking not that series regular yet where I'm on this. Of you course. Know, my fiance is like, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah, like, but then stop. after that, it's going to be this show isn't on HBO. This show didn't get an Emmy. This show didn't get this. Why aren't I getting totally. movie roles now? It, it never ends. Even it's I so wonder if like. Too. It's so stupid. It's like it if, doesn't. If the people that matter. I consider towards the very top. I would love to ask them, like, I don't know. Does Look at Johnny Depp, man. He's in a fucking crazy battle. His ex-wife. It's wild that you just said Johnny bed. Depp. I feel like I was just going to say Johnny Depp. And now I'm like, did I say it out loud? Is he in my head? Uh, who knows? Well, dude, Johnny Depp, just my buddy texted me this thing. He's like, you got to do, you know, I did Johnny Depp on Howard Stern about a year ago and hopefully coming up again soon because he's back in the news, which was crazy. I was yes. up at 3 a.m. and then talked to Stern. I'm a huge fan. I wanted to break character, just be like, Howard, I love you. And so. <laughs> like the drunk guy at a Bears game or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my buddy texted me this thing about his cologne that he just came out with. What is it called here? It's called like, uh, here it is. The Dijon by Johnny. Dior Sauvage. Sauvage, he goes, because sausage was taken. Yeah, here. Because sausage was taken. Yeah, anyway. But I mean, yeah, Johnny Depp is, uh, what a bummer. It's like, that guy is on top of the world. And now he's like in the news for that reason. And like Hollywood has kind of bailed on him. Totally. Like he's, you know, sitting around being like, my wife took a shit in my bed. I'm drinking lots of wine. I'm buying lots of wine. You know, obviously I want to do Pirates of the Caribbean 567, but I can't because I'm fucked up. And I came out with a cologne because I'd have to do something. I'd have to do something. Sauvage, sausage, you know, whatever it is. You know, I want to come out with a with a cologne called Pubie. You know, where it's like, it smells like the, the inside of a pubic hair, which, you know, I don't have any pubes because I was born without them because I don't need them. Because I'm, a, I'm not better than pubes, but I don't, and some things in your life you don't need. I don't need Amber Heard. I don't, I need Chardonnay, but I need Pirates of the Caribbean because it's, it fills my soul because I love Disney. Moana's one of my favorite movies. The Rock is my favorite actor. And Mike Siego is my favorite podcast host. So many things happened there. You had to calculate how to say it correctly, but also in the Johnny Depp accent. I knew how I, to do And it. you got through it really well. I got through good. it. I'll put applause in there. That was nice. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to edit in applause? Yeah, of course. Do you, how many sound effects do you edit in? Be honest. 
it depends what the moment calls for, but it's one of my favorite things about the podcast. I love that. Where were you inspired from to do that? What a good question. And for some reason, when we were talking, I had no good answer at all and just stared like a dead fish. And I was trying to really think of where I get that from. There's probably a million different places. I've always liked the narrative stacking like the princess bride when you're watching the story but you know someone is telling the story that's really fun to me playing with the levels of it i also love mystery science theater 3000 for the same exact reason it's like you're all taking in the same content and then you get this other elevated section of the commentary of the thing and you can go as far as you want with that and keep stacking layers and it's really fun so I didn't have anything good to say to Adam when he asked, but I wanted to edit it in because I think those are inspirations that I thought of. Also, Rick Glassman's podcast, Take Your Shoes Off, does a really awesome job with edits, really fun. I actually had his animator on in episode 12, Tom Bates, so go back and listen to that if you're interested in more talk about this kind of stuff. And Adam is friends with Rick and has been on that podcast a bunch of times, and it's some of the funniest stuff you'll ever find. So not only go listen to About Last Night with Adam, but listen to that too, because it's hilarious. And also, without the magical edit, you guys wouldn't have my perfect answer. Come on, it's good stuff. All right, back at it. And it'd be great, by the way, if you only did it in that moment, and it was just like one applause, like one slow clap. <laughs> That's the only time it's ever done. Like, I do lots of sound effects. You have like one an episode. <laughs> By the way, last edit, I swear it's not, obviously, but as we start talking about about last night, it's a tough thing to say. Adam mentions Brad, and I just want everyone to know that means Brad Williams, another awesome comic. Check him out. Good stuff. Guy rolls in a really funny crew. Then I want to talk more about yours because you've been doing it for a while now. You have 600-something episodes? Yeah, yeah, probably. Brad and I started doing it. You know, Brad asked me to do it with him in, oh God, I want to say 2012. And I didn't, it's so funny. I thought the podcast market was almost saturated at that point, and I didn't want any part of it. And I honestly, I always wanted to. I mean, I had a radio show in college that uh, was run by the students that I hosted. I, you had to do an internship for six months. I got to find those tapes. I got them somewhere. I record all my shows. It was only, it was broadcast on a AM station in, in LA and then online uh, in the USC website. And um, you had to do a six month internship and then wait six months to get maybe a, a show. I had a buddy that uh, got, I came down and like fake interned on his for a day. And then he like, said I was like a big radio guy in high school and from Seattle, whatever, whatever it was, I basically lied my way into getting my own show from uh, midnight to 2 a.m. on Sunday nights, which was fucking awesome. I did it Hilarious. for about eight Perfect. weeks. I would take calls. I wouldn't screen them, which that means you get to do whatever you want. Basically, I hosted as like a British guy that was uh, named Niles Barnfather that was like <laughs> new to L.A. So I would work out stand up. I'd take calls that I wouldn't screen. It was awesome. I get buddies <laughs> from Seattle or from college. I would do characters. I would play songs that I actually liked. I got really good at doing the whole board. I'd have people oh, wow. come in studio and, and do improvs with me. It was a fucking blast. But because of that, I was like, oh, podcasting seems interesting, but I felt like I was too busy. And I was like, it's just another thing. And then I immediately was like, but that's what I need to be doing is taking on just another thing and figure it out. And if this is what I want to do, why am I saying no? At some point, it's like, dude, I just heard Shaq say this about saying yes to stuff. He's like my favorite athlete of all time and dude, human being. Yes. He's just like, you got to. Why would you not do everything? He's like, life is short. Say yes. I make the best of it. Do yeah. the Papa John's commercial. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why the <laughs> say fuck? Say yes not? to Icy Hot. Money talks, but also why not, man? He's like, I'm going to make it fun. So 
Hell so yeah. Brad and I started doing the podcast and then it, it, you know, just because of our personalities, it became something that I really was driving the ship on as far as website, merch, booking it, upgrading equipment. Because yeah, you got good yeah. branding. You're like very conscious of that kind of stuff, it seems. Yeah, just trying to, I mean, as much as we could and, and within our means, but, uh, and then Brad was a, a great person to just, you know, be along for the ride with. And we had a great chemistry and it, it was a lot of fun. And um, even when he moved to San Francisco to do his radio morning radio gig for a little bit he was still committed to being like he did his radio show from six to ten and then he f took a flight at noon we did melissa mccarthy one time at like three he got back on a flight at six and uh, to do his radio gig the next morning and so we, we kept it moving and uh and now it's you know it's a different show when it's just me it's still really fun i do miss the back and forth of having uh with him but um but i didn't want to stop i've thought about it because again it's it's another time commitment and in the you know world of trying to start recognizing taking a step back and maybe less is more and putting more time how do you open up time yeah yeah but i just i do love it so much and it's like as soon as i think that man it's like i had that feeling a couple of weeks ago and then i did this commercial with travis kelsey the chief's tight end and we hit it off and then uh he was like i want to do the podcast and and we try to do it over zoom and it wasn't happening it was, was so like, good dude Oh, thanks, bro. And he, he was like, if you want to come to KC, he's like, let's get it in before the season. And I was like, dude, he's the fucking man. He's the best yeah. in football. He just got named number five player in the league uh, from the NFL top 100. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to fly there for the night. And he's just up. the coolest. He's he just man. seems like the coolest guy to hang out with. Set up the pod, knocked it out, and it ended up being worth it. And then that kind of gave me an extra boost. And then Tony Hale was the next week. And that was one of the most fun episodes I've done in a long time. So that kind of gave me a resurgence in like my love for it and being like, you know what, man, I'm not at the your mom's house level with this. There is more I want to do with the show, but I'm okay with where it's at right now. I like my style of conversation that uh, it's kind of turned into. I like that. And yeah, you know, it's it stays silly. It stays, you know, genuine and, and fun and can have some heartfelt moments. And but I love what I do with Rick on his, but I don't want to make that in mind do you feel like it's easier to be on your own podcast or to be a guest on other people's and do you think that you have to steer the ship so much on yours that you have to like not censor what bits you're going to do or anything like that but do you find that it's a different personality trait when you're on somebody else's as opposed to your own thing it's definitely easier to be on somebody else's because i well i still feel the pressure of wanting it to be a great show like i still don't want to phone in you know no. what I, what I'm doing. Like but you can be a this. little looser and not worry about anything. Cause you, to me, I'm wondering oh, how am I going to edit this? Are we going too long? Are we on topic? Or are there things I wanted to hit or whatever? It doesn't matter, but you don't worry about any of that when it's not yours. Right. Right. Yeah. You're definitely more concerned. It's a tougher gig to be the one that has to be present and try to, you know, be funny and keep it on course and be thinking of the next thing. So there's no dead air. And controlling where the show's going and making the guests feel comfy and making right. sure that you're asking all the right things without being distracted, um, which is why it was nice to have Brad, because if one person was locked in, the other person can be checking for the next maybe thing to bring up. Or it's like a color commentator and a play-by-play -play guy. Totally. It was a nice balance to have. But I don't know. that I feel a level of uh, concern over both sides of it but i definitely you know setting up the one with travis and kc like getting the studio getting the guys to come film it setting it all up that was a lot more the production side of it added to my for stress sure. for wanting it to go well versus just yeah, and you're on the road a lot too so are you doing that a lot or i noticed that some of them are not necessarily in your studio compared to others yeah there's a place and there's a couple places in la that i found that i use now because i've toyed with we used to do it out of my apartment, Brad and I, out of my condo for a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, that's right. I upgraded. And um, and then Congrats. I didn't 
Thanks. I didn't like doing, but I want a backyard really bad. Just because I see these butt chugging videos these college kids are doing in a backyard. And I'm like, that looks so fun. Put a towel down. See what happens. Don't let your lack of a backyard stop your, you know, whatever it is. This is going to be the cold open. <laughs> hey, hey, nobody tells me where my cold open goes. I don't listen to super successful, hilarious comedians with really good podcasts that know what they're... All right. You know what? I already did the cold open and it was great. You heard it. You loved it. But legendary UConn basketball coach, go Huskies, Jim Calhoun can say it better than I can. I don't know what else I can say. And if you want me to say I fucked up, I fucked up. Write it. Are you taking notes? <laughs> no, it was fake notes, actually. But I did pick up a pencil and then put it back down. Nice. And Where we're not even you? doing video, so nobody would ever know that I did that fake pencil bit, which is tough. Where are you, by the way? You look like you're in, like, a room that's too small for you. Like, you... You think it so? Looks like, it looks like a loft or a... Um, it's an upstairs of some sort, but it looks sure. like the layout of the uh, the walls and the ceiling look like you got kidnapped and they put you it's in like Beavis a Beavis and Butthead house. help. Uh, yeah, as far as like- you Less know, of the dollhouse. Less of the dollhouse, but more- Well, now it just makes me think the kidnapper's cool. Okay. Or did the kidnapper allow me to decorate my own little kidnapping room? Nice twist. In which case, how bad is it really? Because if you're not paying- I assume you don't pay rent when you get kidnapped. Are you following this Gabby Petito case? A little. I'm from Long Island, actually, to actually answer your question. Wait, wait, make that about just, you. Well, we should go into where I went to elementary school first. And then, no, uh, yeah, I am following it. Are you? Yeah, it's tough to not. It's pretty fascinating. And I, I want the guy, I want the guy to suffer. It's pretty yeah. fucking awful. He's it's also, dead, right? No, I think he's floating around, man. I think you think so? Oh, yeah. You don't set up, you don't have your parents cover up for you 10 days and scrub the house of clues and evidence you know, I think that might have been the plan. And then once this started becoming a story, I think he. No, I don't no think mas. so. I think there, there's uh, I just listened to, to John Walsh, who's, you know, this uh, expert finding people on the run guy. And he uh, he said there's some tips that came in from friends that were like, yo, he used to love he lived in the Appalachians for a little bit on the Appalachian Trail and would brag about how he could live out there for three months with just a backpack. Really? So this guy, I feel like, is a survivalist. Somebody in the Bahamas said they caught him. Uh, or, or saw someone that looked like him. And you can take a boat from Fort Lauderdale. All you need is like proof of vax, I guess, to the Bahamas. Sure. And he was like, dude, if he's over there, like it's going to be real tough. Dude, it's, look, this day and age, yeah, you see how the TikTok community and, and YouTubers and whatnot are like finding ways to be like, look, I picked him up here. He found here. It's a lot uh, easier now than it maybe was than when they found Ted Bundy, which was so crazy. But uh, to me, it feels so hard. It's like with everyone around and technology and say, I feel like you'd have to be a mastermind to get away with it. And I just don't give him enough credit. Yeah, I or I, I don't want to. I do, man. I think the fact, again, that he he came back from his trip with his I mean, also his parents. What pieces of shit? He comes back and they're like, where's Gabby? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't I don't know. I thought she was with you guys. You know, you just come back and then. Yeah. And then it's just business as usual. Like, like, OK, Sandy was saying he's like, I'd have so much. I'd have so many. Uh, what did Sandy say? He's had a great joke about it. Oh, fuck. I'm going to butcher it. Let me just right. call him real quick. Do you mind? No. All right. Sandy had a great Gabby Petito joke. I love when people can take fun stuff that's topical like that and have a take right away. It's hard. I and it's hard to, to turn it into something that's not cringy. It's hard to know when to joke about it and when not. It's a good challenge to write topical material because, you know, it does have a shelf life, but it challenges you to, to have to write. Standard greeting. Nailed it. Damn it, Sandy. Give me a second. Standard greeting. Yeah, We're leaving that in. Anyway, he had a great joke. If he calls back, we're going to do it. But yeah, it's yeah. tough to not pay attention to that stuff a little bit. Yeah, but t do you want the challenge of turning that into something on stage ever? Or are you just like, this isn't worth, 
the challenge. Oh, no. It's not worth I, the downside. Well, also, Greg Giraldo was really um, inspiring in that regard, where he would take things that happened in the news, but find a way then to make the bit about, you know, something that could have some uh, longevity. Like he mm-hmm. had a bit about a couple that, you know, they got into an argument on a cruise ship, and then the guy, oh, no, the, a guy got struck by lightning like seven times and lived. And then went on a cruise with his wife and jumped off the ship and killed himself. And he goes, uh, he goes, God himself couldn't take this man down so that he was like, all right, better call in the experts, meaning his, you know, women, his wife. And, and, um, and then he goes, what was that fight? like and he plays it all out and then it goes into some other stuff about marriage and relationships yeah, so and you so, can turn it into like a kickoff of a longer narrative oh yeah of course and so i uh i've actually done that with a few things and um i think that's a, a clever way to do it and keep you know some funny takes alive yeah for sure and it probably is an automatic tell of like when your material needs upgrading how do you yeah. do that that's a question that i've i've had uh i have one friend that's a stand-up she's in san diego katie orchard shout out to her by the way, if you're a fan of stand-up comedy, episode 13 with Katie Orchard. We talked the ins and outs of performing, putting a set together, doing it all during COVID, etc., etc. Funny, laughs, comedy. Here we go. Everyone's writing style is different, I guess. But to me as a non-stand-up, it's hard to imagine knowing where the line is between like, I finally got this good and I can move on to the next thing. Yeah. How does that work for you? I don't know. I, I try to just always, you get to a point where you're conditioned to just see and live in a way where you're always absorbing and observing and i try to be pretty cognizant of what i'm taking notes of and what i find funny and why asking questions is always like a a helpful tool i feel like when something triggers me i'm like all right well why why is that resonating what about that Mm. and even if it's a note or a sentence or sometimes a full joke and i email myself okay here's sandy hey bud sorry you okay so I'm on this podcast, my buddy Mike Zago, uh, the S is silent, True. but I was telling him about, we were talking about Gabby Petito, and I started to try to quote your new Gabby Petito material, and I said, you know what, fuck it, let me just call him, because I just really thought it was a funny, fresh take, and I was praising you for your quick wit on something that's so um, topical. Do you mind doing a couple of those bits? Great. Well, Mike uh, only has four listeners, so it'll pretty much be like doing it. But none of those four listeners have probably seen his show. Two of those listeners day. are Brian Laundry's parents, so they'll actually really get a kick well, out of this. Be perfect because it's a uh, passive-aggressive command for them to give their son up. Perfect. All right, let's just do the joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gabby Petito is proof that you should never date down. You know. Because you might get murdered by <laughs> someone who's afraid of you breaking their heart because you're prettier than them. Perfect. True. True. Uh, you had a fun take about some about what was it about doing the dishes? Can't believe this guy. Everyone knew he went on a road trip with his girlfriend who was video blogging it, and he returned home to his parents' house without her. Like, hi, Brian. Where's Gabby? Oh, I knew I forgot something. I thought it was my charger, but. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go back and look. I'll go back and get her in ten days. I'll go back just ten days of being here, and then I'll go go look for her. And like, I can't like if I have people over for dinner, I can't go to bed unless all the dishes are done and put away. And this guy just left a dead body and went to his parents' house and slept until noon for ten days in a row. Like, and it, who goes to their parents' house? Like. If I went to my parents, my mom would ask me a billion questions. <laughs> it's true. You're, you're walking into an interrogation. 
Like, how was the trip? Where's Gabby? Why didn't you bring her back? What's going on? All right, you know what? Now, I'm, I'm going to go kill myself now. <laughs> Jewish moms should be interrogators. <laughs> everyone to give themselves up within five questions. Like, I'm sick of being questioned. Okay, I did it. I did it. Just leave me alone. <laughs> give me the food you're going to give me. And leave me alone. And then, and then, what do we say? And then, here's how supportive the moms are, though. Like, all right, you know what? Just fuck. I did it. Just leave me alone. I killed her. She's out there in the woods. I killed her. Just fuck, mom. Fuck. And then there's a beat, and she goes, "Well, you must be hungry. Do you want something to eat?" <laughs> My son, he's a real killer. He's a lady killer. He's better than your son. He's such a go get. Mo Mandel had a great joke about his mom being so supportive as a Jewish mom. He goes, "I think he said even if I." sexually assaulted somebody she'd be like he's such a go-getter my mom would say to me like i'll love you no matter what even if you killed someone i would still love you dear god Oof. well like how about something how about something a little more like you know plausible like even if i caught you jerking off at the breakfast table it's like yeah mom that's you know let's talk about <laughs> things that... wait mom you you saw that i didn't realize you saw that sandy danto ladies and gentlemen <laughs> All right, I love it. I'll text you in a bit. Sandy's great. He's got an album called Daddy Boy that you can get. He's got a great podcast called Motherfuckers about being, it's a parenting podcast. Nice. Sandy Danto on Instagram. Great comic, great guy. Also does a great Polly Shore impression. He opens for Polly. I should have had him do that. But uh, awesome. he, Sandy actually, uh, we have a mutual friend and Sandy actually came to see me, I think about a year into doing stand-up at the comedy store. And we met and became fast friends. And then he started stand-up shortly after that. It's been cool to like come up together and just be able to share a lot of cool stuff, you know. Very this is cool. a big part of big part of all this, man. You got to have people that get the grind that you help along the way. It's you know, I took a lot of pride and excitement, you know, as he came up and I came up to be to get these opportunities to go on the road and then to be able to bring him with me, right, and and share the love. Totally. Not only you know share the love experience wise, but work wise, and yeah, man, it's it's cool. Do you think it's easier for you to appreciate? those kind of relationships and success levels and et cetera in standup because there's such a camaraderie to it as opposed to acting. I guess there probably is a camaraderie to that too. And podcasting, oh, yeah. like how do you view where your standing is in each of the things? Cause you do so much different stuff and your plate's so full. Are they different or do they all work together to just making you, you? I think they all work together. I think everything begets everything. So all these things are tied to each other. Acting and stand-up are synonymous at this point as far as what sort of opportunities can come from. Yeah, like if uh, someone coming up doing stand-up now, there's no real reason for them not to also be on Instagram and social media and blah, blah, blah. And that leads to the next thing and a podcast and blah, blah. It's it's hard to imagine that anyone even would segment themselves to just one thing. Look, you don't have to do anything. And people that I know comics older than me that I looked up to that just haven't figured out, they know they're savvy enough to get on the gram and start doing stuff. And some more recently have taken an interest in it and become more active and it's, you know, paying dividends. But I know some people that are just like, I don't fuck, I didn't come up with that. And it's exhausting. I want to just be, go on stage and be funny and have that yeah. be enough. And unfortunately, man, we live in a day and age where like, you got to do other stuff. So also you're a dummy if you're not taking advantage of the exposure that social media can bring. And, For and that's, why I tried, that's why I try to be so active during the pandemic with just putting content out there and also just finding ways to flex the funny muscle when I wasn't doing it in the ways I was accustomed of to. Course. So, and um, it pushes the envelope for you. You figure out a new path to this. And then when stand-up comes back, you're like, oh, I still have this other skill that I just have honed. Totally. And also, even for people that don't have a huge following, I have an Instagram for the podcast. That's how I reached out to you. That's how this happened. So I think for everybody, it's like, I ignored it for the longest time. 
just because it seemed so tedious and unhealthy. And it is all of those things, social right. media, especially, but to not have it feels like an interesting choice if you're going into the entertainment business these days. Speaking of entertainment, I looked at your Wikipedia page and oh, it's no. fucking hilarious. Have you read no. it? No. Dude, it's like one paragraph about how you were insecure about your weight as a child. And then oh it just lists God. the things that you were in. It's great. And you wow. should freeze that thing in carbonite like your Han Solo or something. It's great. Never let it change. It's great. so good. I hope it never changes. You got to get it framed and blown up. That's amazing. It's so good. Okay, quickly. Yeah. I know you are from Seattle and you have all these athletes on your podcast and on your Instagram. So mm -hmm. I assume you're a huge sports guy. Huge. Is it huge. conscious that you're trying to befriend major huge athletes or has this just happened and you're like, this is just happened. Yeah, it's the dream when you're starting out, you just want to be friends with your heroes. And I think the same way, like comedians want to be rock stars, rock stars want to be comedians. I don't know. I've just always been a personable, chummy person. I haven't had a problem like making small talk with even, I'd say on the heat, I was pretty starstruck by Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock and even Michael McDonald and Michael Rappaport and even Paul Feig because he's sure. coming off of Bridesmaids. But I just have always, and stand-up and podcasting for sure, and this is, you know, again, why just doing everything is beneficial because everything begets everything. It's like all the podcasting and stand-up I'd done up until the heat. Yeah, I hadn't booked any acting jobs for that amount of years, but I put my focus, I, I kept expanding and adding to the arsenal of, of weapons of you know creativity and just being in the business by doing all these other things that made me so comfortable on set and even to improvise. The first time I improvised in the scene, I was terrified. And once I got a couple laughs from them and then saying, oh, that was really funny. I was like, okay, cool. And I settled in. I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. And then I was cool off stage too. And the way I joked around them, which is why I've kept in touch and remained friends with all of them and is because of that. And that I felt like I was a cool hang. And that's an important part of all this. Is that just about being confident in your voice and just who you are? And then just yeah, being I, mean, like, confidence I don't need helps. to try to do a thing. Of course, confidence helps everything. And then re being able to read the room and like all my scenes were mostly with Melissa and Sandra. So we'd be sitting around a lot together. And sometimes we would chat straight for an hour in between takes. And sometimes just let them do their thing or they'd be chatting and I'd find pockets to kind of jump in on or they they came to see me do stand up and we all went out and got dinner one night. And so then you're like, all right, well, then that's maybe the opportunity to kind of or they maybe have bigger scenes that day. So let them kind of stay dialed in. But you got to be able to read the room too, man, and, and not overstep your boundaries. But also, you know, I didn't want to just sit there. It felt more awkward for me to sit there in silence than not chum them up, even Definitely. if it wasn't them. Whoever it was, I would have done that with. And that's just a personality trait that's in you, yeah. I think. People don't do that very often. I feel like it's more rare than you think, even for people in entertainment. Yeah, Small talk is like not a thing totally. that people want to do. And I feel like yeah. I have this weird gene where I just have to do it. It's an acquired skill set. Not everybody wants to do it or feels comfy with it. And I just always have but again podcasting and stand-up helped a lot with that doing crowd work for sure uh, helps with that but yeah the athlete thing i i've just been in situations where i've you know i mean shit the mariners commentator i was doing a show at a wine bar before a weekend of shows in seattle that the uh, kid who put the shows together was like do you want to come in early and run the hour at this little wine bar i was like for sure a lot of mariners lived out in this area the announcer was there i get off stage i was wearing a mariners hat i asked somebody i was like was he here the whole time they're like yeah i was like well now i have grounds to go up and chum him up we started talking we for hung sure. out till 2 a.m playing pool and now he's wow. in dear friend and kind of a hookup for the M's. And then 
you know, I uh, met some guys that asked me to do this sports podcast with Mark Sanchez that that went on for a little bit. And then Showtime Sports was like, yeah, we don't want the comedy as much, just X's and O's. So that was a wrap, but got to meet a lot of people through that. Sam Darnold being one. He's become a good homie because he's a big comic fan. I mean, um, cut to me just crying for three hours about the Jets quarterbacks, but that's a whole different podcast. I mean, that sucks and they're doomed, but I Dude, feel Sam Darnold's for, killing. It's good for him. He's killing it, man. He's in a winning culture now and he's uh, know, got less I'm of happy. a new pressure on him. And then like Sue Bird, I met in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game and she, I've Dude, always this been is, a- this, I went to UConn and I'm a huge Sue Bird fan. So it's funny that you keep bringing up these perfect things. How cool was that? She was a gangster. It was awesome. And, and, um, and we just kept in touch. And I also try to be, again, you read the room, but it's like I, with certain people like that, we had enough good banter during the um, game and, and after and pre. And then I, what I do, which is why stand up is a great thing to have in your back pocket. It's like, I was like, all right, we've been chummy enough. So now I'm going to invite her to shows. And we kept in touch and she almost came with a bunch of people to some shows in Denver. And that didn't work out. But then I asked her to do the podcast. And that's a great thing about the pod is it really kind of took the relationship up a notch because it went well. And then we did it again. And then we kicked it a, a few times. I've so gone cool. to games. And and then it's just on you to always keep in touch. But then she'll hit me up about stuff and back and forth. And, and then you can just kind of tell like what's a real relationship and what's not. Cut to me texting Adam 30 times in a row because I think we have a real relationship after doing this. And, you know, Brad and I had Blake Griffin on. I met him through Adam Devine and then um, was on a show with him when he was trying to work out some comedy before he went to Montreal. And I had just gotten on Mad TV and he was like, I love Mad TV. I was like, dude, I would love to write something. Maybe have you come do it. He was like, for sure. So we started emailing, working out. But then he came on the podcast and then I have his email. So I've emailed him a few times since about some bullshit. He always gets back. So, you know, you just again, you uh, is there a hidden lesson in here in persistence? Because it sounds like a couple of times some things don't work out and some people would go, all right, I tried. But then you like keep the conversation going. That seems like a skill in itself. I think you got to know what your intentions are and if your intentions are good and you're, you know, and also finding ways to stay in some, you know, out of sight, out of mind is a real thing. So you obviously like Paul Feig, I just, you know, emailed yesterday and he got right back to me today. I just was checking in. And then uh, asked him to uh, come back on the pod and he's going to be in London for a while. But we just kind of exchanged a couple notes like that. And and that's the thing, too, where I'm, you know, the pod is a is a thing at the end of that to to get to, like, catch up with him, which I really want right. to do. And then yeah, it's a part of the business thing, too, where you're like, well, then let's fucking record it and, and put it out. I think people would dig that. He's already been on three times. I know he will have a good time. But even if I didn't ask him to do the pod, which I've sent him emails aside from that, and he sent me a message when I got Vince McMahon, it's like, that's how you know you had an impact on each other and you want to stay in each other's uh, worlds like that. But yeah, there is a, and again, it's another acquired skill set of figuring out a difference between being aggressive and active. Yeah, like what's too much? What's appropriate? What's this? What's I'll that? I'll give you a great like- example. John Stamos is a fan of Brad's. He met him at a couple benefit shows and then uh, was actually afraid of little people. He had like a thing where he was actually, <laughs> it's a real thing where you can have a, a phobia of him. So Brad- So like, he has a phobia and he's still a fan? Yes. That means I think he's, he's got a real it. fan. Totally. I think he's dealt with it. But so then he said he would do the podcast and it got Brad's number and start trying to make it work. And then uh, he said, go through my publicist. So I started doing that and his publicist just started giving me the runaround, like hard. Uh-huh. 
And I, that was my job was just kind of stay on people to absolutely. To and yeah, sometimes it was like with Melissa, when she first did it, we planned it out probably five, six months in advance, but fucking when it came, we locked it in, we Hell were yeah. anticipating it moving, but it fuck, we did it. And that happened sometimes. And Stamos's guy just was, would get back all the time, but just say, not now hit me back in five months. We, I would. And then, then, then of course it's on you to remember to do that. And then he would push it again, hit me up in another five months. John doesn't have anything to promote right now, so fucking it's not happening. And then right. he had stuff to promote, and he didn't. So then I, <laughs> and then I went around to I think a manager, and then the manager sent the publicist. So the publicist just hit me up and was like <laughs> trying to go around my back, and I'm like, well, bro, you're fucking no help at all. <laughs> yeah, Clearly, exactly. You don't want him to do this for some reason. So so then I just finally stopped with that, where I was like, it's not fucking worth it, dude. You're making me feel like a psycho. And uh, right. And it's because you never know how you're perceived, I guess. But I guess it helps when you have to go through a publicist because you're like, at least John Stamos doesn't think I'm. Yeah, but but also like he just didn't want to do it. Like, you know, it would have been easier just to lock it in. And that's why it is always easier. Like Paul, you know, was just like, I'm going to CC, you know, my assistant who's a a buddy of mine. So that's easy. But going straight to the person, you know, when I had Sandra on, it was like she had me go through her people. But her and I go back and forth and then at least locked it in to where she knew it was up and wanted to do it so that then they tell the people hey, make this happen. And that's always better. If you have that relationship, Absolutely. it's always cooler, even if you have to go through proper channels after. So Yeah, because you feel like you've already done the personal totally. side. Yeah, totally. yeah, definitely. Last thing, since you're a Seattle guy, we talked about sports. Russell Wilson throws the best deep ball in NFL history, yeah? He's up there, man. He's a special talent. We're lucky to have him. People that Have you met him? him? No, no. It's got to be on the list, right? Yeah, I, yeah, it'd be cool. You know, I had Sean Kemp and Gary Payton on the podcast, who were two Sonic uh, legends. Dude, that's that was Sean Kemp, one of the best dunkers of all time. With thousand percent, man. That episode's real special because I went through and a we we shot the shit out of it. It looks amazing. I had there's some fun animations in it. I edited a lot of clips and pictures because I was trying to sell it to NBA TV, but it's a little too edgy. Uh. That they were like, you know, it's just, but which is what I loved about it. It's definitely more of a, a podcast to live on YouTube, but it looks incredible if you're looking to have a nice NBA throwback and truly yeah. the best. Him and Gary Payton did an NBA TV 30 minute sit down. This is an over two hour, truly more nitty gritty interview that uh, is is pretty cool. So that's on YouTube if you want to check that out. But um, so cool. Are the Sonics going to come back? I think they yeah. are, right? Hockey team we just got, and that right, starts right. this. Uh, yeah, you must be October. hyped about that. Yeah, we needed the arena, so the team is shortly after. I bet two to three years we get a hoops team back. Yeah, I think so. I th- you think it's gonna? I think it will probably be expansion, and there'll be a couple of teams yeah. coming in rather yeah. than someone moving. COVID yeah. fucked the NBA, is what I've heard from the inside. So Wait, also, didn't you meet? Did you meet Adam Silver? Or did I make that up? Yeah, he's a homie, man. We email. That's so cool. Yeah, again, another guy just I kept in touch with, and afterwards, and he's he's been uh, very cool. What an interesting journey. I don't want to keep you forever. This was great. Thanks for the chat. Thank Thanks you for, for doing it. Thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. Wow. You got it, man. Don't forget that one's that. gonna last for a long time. That got good it, feeling. Isolate that forever. audio. <laughs> That's the clip. Hilarious. All right. Thanks. All man. right, Mike. Good to meet you, man. Thanks for hanging. You too. Later, Bye-bye. buddy. First things first. Well, it's the outro. So last things last. You can find Adam Ray pretty much all over. Young Rock on NBC coming back soon. Hacks on HBO Max, available now. Awesome, hilarious. Crossing Swords is a funny stop-motion comedy on Hulu. Go check that out. About Last Night podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. AdamRayComedy.com for stand-up tour dates and whatever else you want. I will post all the links in the description. Good times, dude. Thank you to Adam for coming on. I got a lot of laughs out of this one. I hope you did, too. Not only that, but we were lucky enough to get Sandy Danto on the pod, too. What a host I am. How'd I pull this off? Or, alternatively, 
Feeling pretty self-conscious about the fact that Adam needed to call somebody else as backup because I was so boring. Not sure which one it is, maybe somewhere in the middle. Pick one, clip that, send it to the rock, you know the drill. Now truly last things last, secret code word which we do every week for the people that listen all the way till the end, didn't shut it off when Adam went away, listen through the outro all the way till now, secret code word to post on social media at the link underscore podcast to confuse everybody else so they don't know what you're talking about. It's gonna be a little random, I understand. And this week, the code word is carrot. A, because there's a cool emoji that you can post instead of actually typing the word or type the word. B, the Bugs Bunny impression in the beginning just got me. Good stuff. That's a wrap. I'll see you next week. Another cool guest. Check the social media to see who it is a couple days in advance. Peace out.